0: Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash, R S L A S H, at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, like tedious commutes to work or dealing with your annoying boss but when it comes to your health there is no compromise so don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on their crossword puzzles even though they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance instead check out zocdoc the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable listen to you and prioritize your health you can search by location availability and insurance so there's literally no compromises here because with zocdoc you've got more options than you know Zocdoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you, and instantly book appointments with them online. I use Zocdoc, and you should too. Go to zocdoc.com/rs and download the Zocdoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoc.com/rs. Zocdoc.com/rs. Welcome to r slash chest, where OP uncovers an affair that destroys like four or five different families. Our next Reddit post is from OneTop. I'm a 34-year-old male, and my fiancé, Sarah, is 28. We've known each other for about six years, engaged for one year. Our wedding is scheduled to take place in just two weeks, and I just witnessed something that is making me feel like I'm making the biggest mistake in my life. Tonight, Sarah and I were taking a rare opportunity to relax at home. Sarah was in the kitchen making dinner while I was out back working on one of my projects. Anyway, as you do when you're doing heavy labor, I got thirsty and came back to the house to get a drink, where I see Sarah at the counter preparing dinner and talking on speakerphone. I instantly recognize the voice as my brother in law, Marty. Now, this is where my brain gets totally twisted. Marty asks my wife where my wife's sister, Evelyn, is, and he's been trying to get in contact with her, and she's not answering her texts. I hear Sarah tell Marty, she just left here, she should be home in a half hour or so. I should point out that Evelyn is Marty's wife of five years. I have to admit that I didn't immediately register what she had just said, because I went into the kitchen and grabbed a glass and asked Sarah, what was that all about? And she responded with, Marty was looking for Evie. I saw her texting and I asked her, what are you doing? And she said, I'm texting Evie that Marty was looking for. Anyway, I pour myself a drink, sit down, have a sip, and then, finally, my brain starts to work. First off, I heard my wife Sarah tell Marty that her sister Evelyn was here, but Evelyn was not here. And the last time we saw her was yesterday when she came over to work on some last-minute wedding decoration stuff with Sarah. Secondly, why was my wife texting Evelyn and expecting a response when I distinctly heard Marty say that Evelyn wasn't answering her texts? Lastly, why the hell would my wife tell Marty that Evelyn should be back in 30 minutes unless she either knows where she is, then why did she lie? Or alternatively, my wife is right now in front of me texting her sister to tell her to get her butt home quickly. The only conclusion that I can come up with is that Sarah is lying to Marty about the whereabouts of her sister and is probably warning Evelyn that Marty will expect her home in half an hour. I then spent probably the next five hours concocting various explanations for this behavior, some decent, some downright horrible, and playing them back in my head. I wanted really badly to ask Sarah about this, but at the same time, if what I think is going on is really going on, then I doubted I'd get a straight answer. Which brings me to about one hour ago. I woke up around 1am to use the toilet, and I couldn't resist the urge to check Sarah's phone. We both know each other's pins, so it wasn't a difficult thing to do. Anyway, I grabbed my phone, retreated to the bathroom, unlocked it, and yup, it was exactly what I was afraid of, and probably what most of you were expecting. Sarah's sister, Evelyn, has been having an affair for about six months with a co-worker, and Sarah has been helping Evelyn cover it up for that entire time. There are literally hundreds of texts between them discussing it, discussing the co-worker, discussing passionate hugging, really embarrassing things about my brother-in-law. It's all just stuff that makes my stomach churn. And here's my soon-to-be wife just going along with all of it without batting an eye. I took some screenshots of the entire thread, put the phone back where I found it, and then retreated to my home office to find myself here, typing it all out on Reddit simply so I can avoid the primal scream that wants to come out of my mouth right now. I am totally 100% screwed. Reddit, I can't marry Sarah, I just can't do it. I can't think of any reasonable excuse that she could offer me about assisting her sister in this affair and victimizing not only Marty but their two-year-old daughter as well. On the other hand, myself, my family, Sarah and her family have all sunk an enormous amount of money into the wedding that is supposed to happen in around two weeks. There is no way that we're getting any of that money back. On top of that, I feel like an absolute fool. Like how did I not know this woman was like this? And what the hell am I gonna do? I can't marry her. I absolutely can't. However, I still want to. She's beautiful and fun and kind. And I thought that we had a bright future ahead of us. Op, I gotta stop you right there. Kind? You think she's kind? Does a kind person help a cheater cover up their affair and ruin a family that has a two-year-old child in it? No, that's not kind at all. Okay, anyways. She's never done anything wrong to me, but I just can't see her the same right now. It's like a big black stain on an otherwise beautiful picture. Then, a few hours later, OP posted an update. I got to work around 7 a.m. No one was in the office, so I decided to start pulling off the band-aid and I called my brother. He lives in Australia, so he was still up after just having put the kids to bed. It was hard breaking the news to him about this, because I know that he's laid out a huge amount of money for flights for him and his family to come. But to his credit as an older brother, he didn't mention that one time and just backed me up. He made a great point too. He said, You work in a job where you have to deal with liars and scammers day in and day out. I don't blame you for wanting to have a partner where this isn't a concern. He was totally right about that, and I get now why I was reacting so strongly to Sarah's participation in this deceit. He also had a great idea. He was just going to fly up to visit anyways, but instead of going to the wedding, they would just go to Disney World. Plus, now, my brother's kids would be accompanied by me, their uncle as well. It should be easy, since me and my wife were planning to honeymoon in Florida as well, and we were planning on meeting up with them some anyways. I'll just rebook everything to be closer to him and his family, and I'll offer Sarah's ticket to either my sister or another family member. Then, um... Then OP posts another update where he just says he's stressed, and he also reveals that Marty is a teacher, which is rough because the life of a teacher is already hard enough as it is. And then another update. Turns out OP left work early, and he continues the update. I got to Marty's house a little after 10 a.m. He had just put his daughter down for a nap, and we had a long, frankly brutal talk in the kitchen. Basically, he suspected this for a couple of months now, but Evelyn has been very good at covering her tracks, obviously with the assistance of my wife and a couple of their mutual friends. Unfortunately, I don't have all six months of text messages, just a couple of dozen screenshots that I sent to myself from Sarah's phone, but I gave Marty what I have and I offered to help him however I could. I'm a field analyst in an insurance company specializing in workers' compensation fraud, so I know a few things and a few people. Anyway, I'm now working from my laptop in my almost brother-in-law's kitchen trying to salvage whatever I can. I'm gonna have to talk to Sarah this evening and get the word out about the wedding as fast as I can to my friends and family now that I know that I won't screw Marty over. So far, I managed to rebook most of the honeymoon, although I had a problem with the tickets because Sarah was flying under her maiden name and our carrier has a surname rule for those name changes. Anyway, they did allow me to cancel and get a partial refund and rebook to my sister who will be accompanying her two brothers and nieces to Florida in a couple of weeks. I'm holding off on canceling the venues until after I talk to Sarah, because I don't want to tip anyone off until Marty gets a chance to confront Evelyn. But I will absolutely be letting my family and friends know this afternoon sometime and beg them to keep it close to their chests. I'm basically in a frenzy right now, cancelling stuff that I can cancel, and pretty soon I'm going to have to head down to the bank to open up a new account and get my bills and pay sorted out. A few people in the comments have warned me about separating my finances, and I should be pretty good. The mortgage is in my name since we're not married, and I have the bigger income, but Sarah did contribute about 20 k towards the down payment compared to my 60 k I'll probably have to pay her out that money and some portion of the mortgage payment for the last 16 months, but it could be worse. Then, OP posted another update. It's about 8.30pm right now, and I'm writing this from my buddy's house. My buddy's name is Mark. Mark is a former co-worker of mine who's also in the same field of work. For people who don't know what I do, I'm basically a private detective. My job is to investigate what we think might be fraudulent claims in regards to workers' compensation. Anyways, as I kind of hinted at, Marty asked for my help in finding out who the other guy was that Evelyn was cheating on him with. All we had to go on was the guy's name, Jake. The first thing I did wasn't some major sleuthing. It was basically just going through LinkedIn trying to find a guy through Evelyn's connections, but that brought up nothing, which I thought was strange. Marty had told me that Evelyn was supposed to go out for drinks tonight after work and that she wouldn't be home until around 9 or 10. I told him that I would help, but that he needed to come with me. I then contacted my buddy Mark, explained the situation to him, and had him agree to meet us later that day. Okay, guys, I've got to pause the story here and give out a clarifying detail. Marty is OP's brother-in-law. Mark is OP's friend. I know that Marty and Mark are really similar names. I don't know why Opie picked those names since everyone uses fake names in Reddit posts anyways, but just keep that in mind because they're kind of similar. Marty is the brother-in-law. Mark is the friend. The first thing we did was drive over to Marty's parents' house so they could watch their granddaughter. I don't know what Marty told his parents because I waited in the car. After that, we went to Evelyn's place of work. It's one of those large commercial strip mall type centers with all these nondescript offices in a row and a large non-gated car park. We drove around until we found Evelyn's car, and then I had Marty unlock it with a second set of keys. I then gave Marty a voice activated recorder and a GPS tracker to place in the car. Once done with that, we left, parked a bit down the street, and waited for my friend to arrive and for Evelyn to leave the business. Mark shows up about 20 minutes later, hops in the car with us, and around an hour after that, Evelyn comes out of her office with two of her girlfriends and a tall, younger looking man with sandy blonde hair. Evelyn and this guy are obviously holding hands, and I'm like, damn, Evelyn, you're making this easy for me. I take a couple of pictures from the car and then wait for Evelyn to leave in hers and start tracking her. At first, I thought she might go right to a hotel or something, but she didn't. Instead, she drove to a reasonably nice bar slash grill in a nice section of town and parked on the street. I drove past her as she was getting out of her car and entering the establishment and then found my own parking spot and went over the plan. First, we sent my friend Mark in, since no one knew him. He had basically two jobs. First, try to get any compromising pictures he could of Evelyn and Jake. And second, to be my alibi. Marty and I waited in the car for around 20 minutes until I got the first in the series of text messages from Mark. They were pictures of Evelyn and Jake making out in front of their two female co-workers. Marty's suspicions were right. Her friends were helping Evelyn hide the affair from him. Marty was obviously very upset and angry. Evidently, one of the coworkers is married, and as a couple, they're good friends with Marty and Evelyn. Both of them have toddlers around the same age. Oh my god, this post is a train wreck, you guys. Oh jeez, okay. I ask Marty if that's enough for him, but he says that he still really wants to know who the guy is. I try to tell him that we can find out later, but he's practically begging me at this point, so I tell him to wait, text mark that I'm coming in, and then I enter the bar myself. The first thing I see is Evelyn and her crew laughing and drinking at one of those tall round tables near the front window as I enter. I stop for a moment, pretend to be surprised, and then call out to Evelyn. Evelyn, hi, what are you doing here? She is obviously shocked to see me, and everyone around her tenses up immediately. Evelyn quickly introduces me as her sister's fiancé and says that we're getting married in two weeks. There's a lot of congratulations from everyone. I thank them and then stick out my hand to the blonde guy and introduce myself with my full name, hoping that he'll respond in kind. He does, and I'm a bit taken aback. His name is not Jake. I introduce myself to everyone else, and then tell Evelyn that I'm here to meet a coworker. I wave to Mark, and then I excuse myself. Once I get over to Mark, I tell him the guy's name. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I just gotta stop for a second. One thing I really love about this story is how OP, Marty, and Mark basically went full Batman mode. The second these people found out that Marty was getting cheated on, they all just grouped up. I mean, Marty and Mark haven't even met each other in their entire lives, and Mark is like, I got you, bro. Anyways, I tell Mark the guy's name, and we both whip out our phones and go to work. It doesn't take long for us to find him. He's got social media profiles and a couple of court case judgments against him. Everything sort of falls into place when we find out that Jake is his middle name. At this point, I'm basically just grateful that Evelyn isn't cheating on Marty with two different coworkers. Turns out that Jake is 26, married, and has a one-year-old daughter. This just keeps getting better, as in worse. Anyway, I text Marty the guy's name, and I decide that I want to push my luck and tell him to wait a few more minutes. Basically, I'm playing babysitter here at the bar. I am totally visible to Evelyn and her crew. I can see out of the corner of my eye that no one is particularly happy about this, and that my presence is really ruining the night. This is good. I let this go on for about 10 minutes, and then I tell Marty to text Evelyn that he's spending the night at his parents' house with their daughter. It doesn't take long after that until I catch Evelyn taking out her phone, showing it to Jake, and then everyone deciding to pack up. Evelyn comes over to me, says goodnight, and then asks me if Sarah and I want to come over for dinner this weekend. I smile and say that sounds like a great idea, and I wish her and her coworkers a good night. Mark and I wait for them to leave, then pay our bill and hurry back to Marty, who's still waiting. There's a bit of hesitation here, because we don't know exactly what Evelyn was going to do. Like, I half assumed that she might have already booked a hotel room and was hitting there, which would have made everything a lot more complicated and limited what I could do. But it turns out that tonight was probably meant to be just drinks at the bar, and it wasn't until Marty decided to spend the night at his parents that it turned into something more. Evelyn made a beeline for home, and we followed behind her out of sight and parked down the street. It didn't take long after that until another car pulled into Marty's driveway, and we saw Jake get out, go up the door, knock, and be greeted by Evelyn. They went inside together. Now, at this point, it's about 7.30pm, and I have my own stuff to do tonight, and I think that, as a friend, I've done pretty much all I can do for Marty, and he can handle the rest himself. I mean, I feel bad for the guy, definitely, but I don't want to get any more involved in this drama than I already am, and being the wingman for him while he confronts his cheating wife is a bit much for me considering my situation. Marty says that it's fine, he'll do the rest of it himself. I guess Marty is more of a man than Evelyn thought. He goes to Evelyn's car, retrieves my gear, and we bid each other goodbye. That was almost two hours ago. I did get one text from Marty saying that it was done and that he was going to his parents' house. For real this time. But my phone hasn't been blowing up, so I don't know what's going on with Evelyn, and I've been at Mark since then. I think that basically concludes my part in Marty's story. If he was smart and listened to my advice, he was recording with his phone when he entered the house. I'll find out later. Anyways, my biggest priority now is to head home and tell Sarah that the wedding is off. She's almost a hundred percent going to take it badly. There's no way that she won't. But like I said, I just can't get married to her right now. I don't know what the future holds for us or if we'll be done with each other or not, but we're definitely not getting married anytime soon. Also, for the people who keep saying, why didn't you talk to your wife first? Why didn't you confront her? And I have to say, are you people stupid? She stone cold lied in front of me and her brother-in-law that she's known for about 10 years, and who she purportedly thinks is a really great husband and father. Maybe you're naive enough to think that someone can lie that coldly to someone that they're supposed to care about, and then tell you the truth, but I'm just not wired that way. Until that moment, I never had cause to even second-guess Sarah or to not trust her. But she was literally untrustworthy in front of my face, and I'm supposed to let it slide or expect her to be honest to me? It would have been ridiculously easy for her to lie to me and then delete those text messages. And if she had done that, then I would have never read the horrible things she said, never seen how she can be so duplicitous and two-faced, and never realized how little I actually knew about her. I'm going to go home to talk to Sarah. I'll post an update later. I don't expect it to be a good one. Then OP posted an update. Well, I had the talk with Sarah last night. It was pretty insane. I'm honestly burnt out and still exhausted, even though I took another sick day and slept in until almost a quarter to eleven. I know that everyone is thirsty for updates, but as much as it's therapy for me to write everything down, I'm just absolutely drained, and as you may have noticed, I don't know how to be short. Just call it a character trait for my profession, and the endless amount of details that I've had to put in reports that I've written. Long story short, I came home to talk to Sarah about cancelling the wedding, and I found her comforting Evelyn on my couch. I almost turned around and walked out, but I didn't. Words were exchanged. Tears were shed. People got really angry and the cops were called. I collapsed and slept for like 10 hours, and my phone is practically glowing from the heat of a bajillion unread messages and missed calls. Stuff is really up in the air. I have a lot to do today. My family already knew what was going on yesterday afternoon, but I need to contact some friends today and get a move on other things. Then, OP posted another update. I guess there's a lot to go over, and so much has happened. Most of it, if I'm honest, hasn't been that great. Well, it's actually been downright awful, but I'll get to that. First off, I left Mark's house pretty late last night. Sarah already knew that I was discussing business with Mark, although she had no idea that the business was actually her sister's affair. But still, it was getting to an unreasonable hour, mostly because I was trying to get up the nerve to go home and face her. After two or three pep talks from Mark, I finally got off my butt and texted Sarah that I was coming home and left in my car. As I said in the last update, I was pretty surprised when I got there, because when I walked into the house, Evelyn was crying on the couch with Sarah. I hadn't seen Evelyn's car in the driveway when I came home, so it was probably the last thing I was expecting. I froze for a moment and almost turned around and left. This was not how I imagined this going down, and I knew that Evelyn's presence was going to make a bad situation a million times worse. Still, I had a timetable that I wanted to move on. When I entered the room, both Sarah and Evelyn looked up at me in acknowledgement, but the tirade of accusations never came. I just stared back, raising my eyes in question. The moment passed. Evelyn went back to crying and Sarah went back to comforting, while I just let it awkwardly hang in the air for a few seconds. It seems that Marty hadn't mentioned my assistance in uncovering Evelyn's affair, so I decided to play dumb. I took a seat on a recliner, put down my laptop bag, and took my phone out of my pocket. I made it look like I was fidgeting with my phone and then asked them, what's going on? Evelyn just continued to cry, but Sarah looked at me and said, Marty is divorcing Evie. What for? I asked her. Sarah stopped patting Evelyn's back for a moment and looked at me. I could almost see her face twist and contort. Imagine the look a five-year-old makes when you tell them to eat their broccoli or finish their lima beans. Evelyn shot Sarah a look that I didn't need to be a sister to understand, and finally Sarah said, she cheated on him. Now, I have to admit, this response freaking floored me. This was absolutely not what I was expecting. Sure, the more cynical readers here might think, well, the cat was out of the bag, so there's no point in hiding it, and yeah, that's true. But it's also true that she could have just as easily feigned ignorance or even worded it another way, like Marty accused Evie of cheating, instead of basically confirming it to my face. Evelyn was not happy about this. She kind of crumpled into the couch a bit and did this strange combination of a sigh and a sob at the same time. I wanted to press on and go for the gold, so to speak, but I must have stammered a bit. Sarah probably interpreted this as shock and, well, she would have been right in a sense, just not how she assumed. I asked, did you know? Sarah didn't say anything. She just nodded, her hand still rubbing her sister's shoulder. I didn't hesitate and asked for the obvious follow-up. How long? The answer came back a lot easier than I thought it would. Six months. I was shocked by how easily she admitted to it. Evelyn was shocked as well. She smacked her sister's hand off her, and I think even Sarah was a little shocked at saying it out loud. I leaned back in the recliner and rubbed my face. Time to tug the rest of the band-aid clear off. I said, we're not getting married. There were two looks like stunned goats and a chorus of, huh, what, from both sisters. I stood up and repeated myself. We're not getting married. I can't marry someone who would cover up adultery, especially not for six months. Sarah sprang off the couch and opened her arms. The body language was, you can't be serious. But I just put my hands in front of myself. I said, I'm serious. I don't like this, not one bit. I don't like that you took part in this, and I can't get married to you with how I feel. It would be a mistake. The water work started immediately, and even Evelyn did that thing with her mouth that looks like a perch trying to suck air. There were wails from Sarah, accusations of not loving her, appeals to my sense of duty, to the loss of money, the inconvenience to all our friends, the embarrassment of it all. Frankly, it was all nothing I hadn't thought about, but it definitely felt different hearing Sarah say it through body racking sobs. It was at this point that I probably made a big mistake. In an effort to convince Sarah of the finality of it all, I said, Look, I already cancelled the honeymoon. It's not happening. I knew that it was a bomb the second it left my mouth, and the explosion was near immediate. Evelyn, to her credit, had always been pretty quick on the uptake, which is probably how she had managed to fool her husband for so long. I could almost see the realization dawning on her when she put it all together with my appearance at the bar earlier in the evening. She screamed, you son of a B-word, and flew across the room at me. Now, I'm not a huge guy, but I'm no slouch either. But the force that Evelyn flung herself at me had me staggering backwards, and I barely had enough time to get my hands up before she started raking my face with her fingernails. I almost lost the phone that I still had in my hand, but I still managed to push her away and say very loudly, Evelyn, get off me! Sarah, get your sister under control! Evelyn made another lunch for me, but surprisingly, Sarah did exactly what I asked her to and wrapped her arms around her sister's waist and held her in place. I looked at Evelyn and yelled, get out of here right now or I'm calling the cops, holding up my phone for emphasis. Sarah asked both of us to calm down. She said to me, OP, she doesn't have anywhere to go right now and Marty took her car keys. That explained why there was no car in the driveway, but I didn't care. I was 100% through with Evelyn and I was going to make sure she knew it. I marched into my home office, locked the door, and called the cops. I told them I'd been attacked by my fiancé's sister and I'd locked myself in my office. That I was bleeding from my face and my vision was blurry and I feared for my life. I even told them that I'd recorded the entire altercation on my phone. Just as I was finishing up my phone call with the cops, Sarah comes knocking on the door. OP, please come out. We need to talk about this. Please, I love you. Don't do this. We don't need to do this. Evelyn's sorry. She wants to apologize. I'm pretty sure that last one was a lie, but Sarah was obviously losing her mind. I didn't answer her, and her attempts to cajole me out of the office ended probably right when the police rocked up to our front door. I could hear Sarah talking to them, and I decided to come out. I introduced myself to the cops and pointed at Evelyn. I stated that she had attacked me, and I offered to show the cops the recording I'd made. The younger cop asked me if I wanted to press charges, and I said yes. He asked me again if I wanted to press charges. I said yes, again. At this point, both cops looked at each other, and I said, Yes, damn it, I want to press charges. I have video evidence, and this is going to court, or else I'm going to call up your boss, who I name-dropped, and ask him to come down here and do it himself. I think they were pretty surprised that I knew his name, not that we're friends or anything, but given my line of work, I spend plenty of time interfacing with local law enforcement and I've met most of the brass. Honestly, at this point, I was getting pretty hot under the collar, and while I get what these guys were thinking, I don't agree with it at all. Facts are facts. Sure, I might not be bleeding on the floor, but Evelyn assaulted me in my own home and I wanted her gone. Thankfully, the situation didn't immediately escalate, and the two officers handcuffed Evelyn and put her in the back of the patrol car. She was squealing and crying like some sort of gibbering maniac the entire time. Sarah wasn't much better. She just kept going, no, please, no, over and over again. At this point, the younger cop circled back and asked us if everything was okay here. I just told them I was going to bed. He asked Sarah again, and she didn't immediately answer, so he goes, Is everything okay here, ma'am? It was clear what he was fishing for. At this point, I really disliked this cop, but I bit my lip. Sarah finally realized that the cop was addressing her, and she just nodded at him. Obviously, the cop wasn't satisfied with her answer and starts to talk to her again, at which point I interject and say, If you want to go on a fishing expedition, you might want to do it over there on the lawn where my doorbell camera isn't recording you. At this point, the cop's partner pulled him away, carrying Evelyn away, and hopefully out of my life forever. Okay, the update continues, and this story is already insanely long, so I'll just summarize. OP spends the night, and the next morning, OP's fiancé is basically sucking up to OP and asking them to give it another chance. OP refuses, at which point Sarah accuses OP of cheating because he was messaging some OnlyFans model, which OP doesn't understand at all. But eventually he puts two and two together and realizes that when his brother was visiting from Australia, his brother used the computer to message the OnlyFans girl. So I guess that's another marriage that's potentially being ruined by this massive story. Anyways, good luck OP. I'm not really sure. (laughs) I'm not really sure what I can add at this point because you've written so much. I feel like everything's already been said already. What's the what's the final death toll on this? We have OP's relationship with his girlfriend. We have the sister-in-law's relationship with Marty. We have potentially the co-worker's relationship with her husband, if it gets out to him that his wife was covering an affair. And then we have OP's brother's affair coming out as well. So basically just everyone in this story is cheating except for OP. That was our slash true off my chest. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.